Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Good morning and welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. I took a little bit of a break last week. I'm sure some of you were like, what happened to Kareen? I got a few messages, but I needed to take some time as I have been in the middle of one of the biggest moves of my life. My whole life has changed in the past month and it has been a doozy. It has been a lot, a lot of work, a lot more than I thought. Um, So last week, I just needed to take a week off and just kind of get things sorted. I still don't have an office set up this week, but here I am on the couch making sure that you guys get this podcast this week because it broke my heart to not put one out last week. Anyways, this is episode 51. I just left you with 50 for a couple weeks, so, you know, that's okay. That was a celebration. It deserved a couple weeks, you know. But this is episode 51, and my guest today is Kathy Domini, and she is such an incredible human being. Um, She has over 20 years of experience transforming the lives of countless families in her private practice. And she is a steadfast advocate for the child. Her core philosophy is based on the delicate balance between being our children's voice while also holding them to a supremely high standard. She is a mother to five and might I say five neurodivergent children, which is a feat in itself, but also she has so much compassion and empathy for parenting children who don't fit the mold. And in that, she's paving the way for the next generation of parents who are raising resilient, inspirational, intelligent, and paradigm-shifting humans, the greatest future leaders of our time. So this is such an engaging conversation. We were going to talk about how to talk to your kids about sex. And that is really how the conversation began. That was our plan. But as we were talking, you realize there is no talking about sex with your children unless you set up this foundation of radically living your own truth. And so the focus of this whole conversation just kind of kept coming around to loving ourselves deeply and being who you are 
at your core and, and learning your value and your worth and instilling that in our children. And you can't instill something that you don't have in yourself. So it's really about so much more than just talking about sex with your kids. But this is the foundation that we need in, in order to empower our kids and just a whole generation of young people, if we're being honest. This is the key to having empowered societies and families and life in general is to really own who we are and be unapologetic and live our truth. So I invite you to just get comfortable and sit down for the ride of this conversation. Kathy is just brilliant and we had just lovely lovely as she would say gorgeous conversation so come and join us are you struggling with your sexual well-being are you often disappointed in your relationships do you have unrealistic expectations do you ever wonder if you are actually cut out for monogamy maybe you've had some of these thoughts did you know it's not your fault that's right You've been brainwashed since childhood with a series of beliefs about sexuality and relationships. We call this the mono mindset. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled? Why am I not satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Shouldn't I be satisfied? Content? Just be grateful? Well, you aren't alone. If this resonates with you, you are ready for the Breaking Free from Monogamy 8-week program. In this 8-week program, you will learn how the mono mindset has set us up for failure in our relationships and in our emotional and sexual well-being. How the mono mindset keeps us from being truly authentic in our sexuality and relationships. How it keeps us small and gives us a false sense of security. Why we think of sexuality and anything related to sex as wrong or taboo and how the mono mindset has invalidated your desires. Do you think to yourself, I want to fully enjoy my life and who I really am. I want real connections. I want to be able to be myself. I want to understand my body. I love who I am, but I don't seem to fit the mold. Maybe you've thought, I have always felt like a sexual deviant, but I'm actually a really good person. I don't understand. Well, many of my clients have said, Kareen, I didn't know I had choices. I thought monogamy was the only way to be happy and enjoy a fulfilling sex life. I thought that non-monogamy is for people that have commitment issues, and I thought it was just a way to legally cheat on your partner. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. But what if you could deconstruct the mindset that is holding you back from exploring other options? Well, you can in my eight-week Breaking Free From Monogamy program. Take your life back and become a master of healthy relating and sexuality. Lose the shame and guilt you've been programmed to feel in order to conform. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. Learn to love yourself and your desires. Discover what is natural and ethical. Breaking Free from Monogamy, an eight-week program shifting the mono mindset for greater intimacy and sexual well-being. Do you want to choose monogamy confidently or explore other healthy models? This program is for you. Please go visit offers.kareenbedard.com to go take the free Is Monogamy Right For Me quiz and to enroll in the new Breaking Free From Monogamy 8-week program. 
That's offers.k-a-r-i-n-e-b-e-d-a-r-d.com. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. Today, I have a very, very special guest, someone that I got to know a couple years ago, I think. Um, And I have kind of been behind the scenes kind of watching her journey. I don't know if you knew that, Kathy, but I've been kind of keeping, keeping tabs on you. But I love what you do because you really, you work with children and families and deal with trauma and children, you really get to their heart and um, a lot of parenting things I think we're so aligned on. So Kathy, Damani, I am so happy to have you here today. And when you you. reached out to me and was like, can we talk about teens and sexuality and how to talk with our teens about sexuality and empower them? I was like, yes, let's do this because this is very (laughs) dear to my heart because I have had three teens and it's just amazing when we give them the tools and the right knowledge and empowerment to have sexually free, beautiful, non-guilt and shame-ridden lives. It's magical. So tell us a little bit about you and where you live and where your fabulous accent is from. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. And um, oh, I didn't realize you were watching me online. So that's very gorgeous. Um Yes, so I'm originally English, as you can tell by my Mary Poppins slash Nanny McPhee accent, and I live in Adelaide, Australia now with my husband and five children, and children age range from 20 down to six, um, and all on the spectrum. So we have got very, very good at super open conversations and real, they're real truth tellers, which I found a bit jarring at first because of my Britishness. Um, so that's <laughs> sure. been really great. They've broken down a lot of my boundaries and a lot of my barriers, oh, um, which has sure. been extraordinary, <clears throat> which has been great. And um, yeah, so I work with uh, leaders and families and really I, I dissolve social constructs, social programming, and disrupt generational cycles that are no longer wanted in the families. Mm -hmm. And really my role is to very, very powerfully connect the parents back to the truth of who they are, Mm -hmm. dissolving their triggers and their trauma and their generational cycles. And that in itself shifts the whole household because when we as parents can show up as the fullest, most authentic, most truthful versions of ourselves with that loving center, then we unconsciously give our kids permission to do the same. 100%. So it's it's an incredible privilege to do my work um, for somebody to come into my world um, because it does take faith and trust and, um, you know, courage actually because a lot of people come to see me and they're a little bit scared 
but my way of working is to empower them immediately and um I'm on everybody's side right yeah. <laughs> I'm the bridge between everybody and I see the 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 brilliance and the gorgeousness within every soul and I elevate that within themselves so they can connect more powerfully to each other um and for me yeah the reason that I wanted to speak to you is because this whole issue of our children growing into young adults and you know developing their identity and their sexual preferences and all of those sorts of things mm. we really need to break the generational cycles of silence mm -hmm. which is, has left us so unempowered yeah. and step forward and have the slightly uncomfortable conversations because i want my children to go into the world feeling completely badass I'm in control of my body. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. It's okay to speak. I'm not going to allow my boundaries to be trampled over. I'm going to communicate effectively. And the right person will honor that. Yeah. I don't need to sacrifice myself. I don't need to do something I'm uncomfortable with. I don't need to keep anybody else happy. This is a meeting of souls at the yeah. most intimate level. And when we talk about these things with our kids, what it does is it empowers them so that they can go into this area of their lives feeling strong and confident and able to speak their truth in, in different situations. Because historically, when parents possibly of our generation, the attitude was, if we don't talk about it, it won't happen. That's, that's not how life works. Of course, it's going to happen. You know, how do you want it to happen? You know, because do you want it to be where your child is completely empowered and badass in the situation? Or do you want them to to, to step into situations where they're ill-informed, they have no confidence, they, they're, you know, they're going along with things because they think that's the normal thing to do. Mm -hmm. And they get themselves into situations. I've spoken to so many teens that have got themselves into situations and they really regret it. And if only a conversation had been had when they were younger, so that when situations presented themselves, they could go, actually, I'm not okay with this. Or actually, that's mm -hmm. gaslighting. Or actually, that's, you know, whatever it is. And also to turn up in the situation and honor their partner as well. Yeah. Communicate. What does your partner want? What does your partner like? What are your partner's boundaries? So they can yeah. really come together and have powerful positive experiences yeah and don't you think like that empowerment has to start at our core really like i i think that there's this notion that it's so selfish or that you just have to grin and bear it right or you just have to like hunker down and 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 follow the crowd or follow the rules and everything will be fine and that's just not that's just not how we are wired, right? We're not wired to conform and, and thrive in that way, you know? And like there was a time, I think, like when <clears throat> we were tribal people where, you know, like conforming can keep you alive, right? But you're not thriving, necessarily and we're we're in a generation now that we've just completely lost who we are as a wife 
I became chose I chose submission. I chose to give up my own desires because those weren't important. I was taught that those weren't important, right? It's like the desires of my family and the desires of my husband. And um, the more unselfish you were, the more holy you were, the more godly you were. And I feel like now I just, I see the light. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I've let go of the conditioning that I had growing up that told me that I had to turn the other cheek and I had to give to others first. And I never even thought about what it is that I wanted because number one, I was shamed from the age of four for masturbating. Like that I was shamed immediately. And I was like, what? Like, what's wrong with this? It feels good. Like I just, and all of a sudden shame, shame, shame in my body. And it's just like, I was a very sexual being from an early age. And I just shut that down, but I couldn't. So then, of course, you dwell on it and then you feel bad. And there's just this like obsessiveness that ends up happening and hiding things. I couldn't talk about it. Who do you talk to? And uh, I just didn't want that for my kids, you know? And I'm, I think sometimes we just really get caught in this. This cycle of, like you said, put your head, put your head in the sand and then maybe, you know, maybe we won't have to deal with it. But that's not true. Like our kids might be uncomfortable. And and my kids, that was the joke, you know, oh, here's mom talking about sex again. Or, you know, like um, their friends would ask me about sex toys or whatever. And I would, you know, we'd look stuff up online and I would explain how such and such works or whatever. And they were like, my daughters wanted to crawl under the table. But their friends were like, our moms won't talk about this. Like, you guys don't understand the gift that this is. Because where are we going to ask? Who are we going to ask? Oh. Our friends who oh. don't know any more than us? You know, so it was just, that was a real eye opener to me that their friends would start to really ask those because they'd feel safe. And then my kids now feel so comfortable telling me about situations that have gone wrong for them or situations where they want to make the right choice, but aren't sure they can talk about it because they know I'm not going to be weird. (laughs) I'm not going to be uncomfortable (laughs) about it. Well, I love being weird, but um, yeah, (laughs) I I think, you know, it's interesting because the conversations that we can have with our kids from quite a young age will filter into how they show up in their young teens, their older teens and their young adulthood with with their sex lives. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I remember when one of my children, one of my daughters was, um, she must have been about 15. And she'd had an incident with a boy in her class who 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 really wanted to, her to be his girlfriend mm-hmm. and she said right from the start you know she said you're very brave to tell me that thank you so much for sharing that with me I don't feel like that for you between Aww. with you but um I, I'm you know happy to be your friend and whatever and but um and she really she didn't tell anybody she didn't want to humiliate him because it is brave to stand in front of somebody mm-hmm. and say hey I really like you blah 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 so anyway, she handled it brilliantly because these are the conversations we've had, you know, honoring other people's feelings, honoring our feelings, absolutely, but also other people's feelings and their privacy and respecting them and integrity and all that sort of thing. And anyway, it this sort of escalated where unfortunately this particular young man 
I don't feel had had the input from his parents. Mm. He was on his own a lot because his family worked very hard and they weren't very present because they're out earning a living, which I understand, but they weren't around for these discussions. And, you know, things got very uncomfortable with this young man. Mm. And I remember he came with us as a family. We went out to watch a movie and, um, I remember my son, who, who was there, wanted to go watch the movie as well. And I was like, yeah, great. Go with Sky and this boy because they're going to watch the movie. That's awesome. We're going to go to this shop, which you'll hate anyway. So that works out really well because you're all in the same mall together. And um, I remember Sky afterwards saying that the boy was making derogatory comments about my son attending. Hmm. And so that made her feel uncomfortable because we're a very close family and, hmm. you know, we're, we're good friends to each other. And then I remember one evening I went to go and say goodnight to her and I knocked on her door and pushed the door and the door wouldn't open so then I went into full panic mode (laughs) I tried to beat down the door what's going on you let me in let me in (laughs) and she was sat slumped against the door crying Mm. and I was like my god what's going on you know and we deal with a lot of inappropriate humor so I sort of pulling things pulling scenarios out of the air to make her laugh going has this happened has this happened did this happen so Mm -hmm. just break the tension and we had this conversation and she recalled the day we'd all gone to the mall together and how this boy would not take no for an answer. Mm. So she wanted to buy herself something in the shop. He insisted on paying and basically pushed her out the way and, and paid for it. Mm. And then, you know, lunch, she wanted to buy, she, he wanted to buy her lunch. And she said, he's only being kind. I said, is he, did he offer to buy Tristan lunch too? Or was it just you? Cause you were three were together. And she said, Oh no, it was just me. I said, so not that kind then. I said that was just, you know, another way to make you feel like you owed him something. Mm -hmm. And it went through this whole thing. And then they went to the cinema together. And like he tried to put his arm around her and all sorts of things that she felt really uncomfortable with. But because we've raised them to be kind and full of integrity and, you know, be good people and good citizens, she felt she couldn't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And I sat her down and I said, this is about consent. Mm -hmm. I said, you did not give your consent for him to buy you something, and he overrode that. You did not give your consent for him to buy you lunch, and he overrode that. You did not give him consent to put his arm around you in the cinema. In fact, you've explicitly told him on many occasions, that's not the friendship that you're wanting with him. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, darling, when you're older and you're in a, you know, in, in a relationship with somebody, are you going to go along with whatever they want you to do or say because you don't want to hurt their feelings? And that's where it starts, having those conversations. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be specifically about sex. It no. has to be about our children feeling strong and powerful mm-hmm. and confident to assert their boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, teaching consent from a young age, like with my little ones, you know, if they've got an, uh, we call them an owies in our house. <laughs> mm-hmm. If they've got an owie and I need to treat that owie with some cream or something like that, I explain everything that I'm doing mm. and I'm going, right, sweetheart, this is going to be cold and I've got this cotton wool. And is it okay for me to put it on that owie now? Because mm. right from early on, I want my kids to know it's my body. And nobody gets to touch my body without my consent, not even mummy, mm-hmm. right? Really, really important. Mm-hmm. So right from when they're little, I'm teaching them about consent, mm-hmm. that their body belongs to them. Mm-hmm. 
And those sort of boundaries are so essential for when they do get into that teen world and they're three steps away from you, right? They're not tied to your apron strings anymore. Mm -hmm. But those foundational pieces are really shaping their future teen and beyond experience this. Yeah, absolutely. I remember my daughter, she was maybe like 12 at the time. And I remember her saying something. I She wanted to say no about something or there was a friend that kept asking something and she didn't want it. And I said, you can say no. She's like, oh, no, that's rude. Saying no is rude. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's talk about this because absolutely not. It's not rude. It's rude to say yes if you don't want to. It's rude to yourself. <laughs> it's yeah. rude, you know, like in my, I've talked about this before, but in my eight-week program, like one of the questions that we ask all the time is who does this benefit? Because if it's not benefiting you, it's benefiting someone else. And sometimes we're not even aware that by not speaking up for ourselves or not thinking about what our actual true desires are, and it doesn't even have to be sexual desires, our needs, our desires, our thoughts, our emotions. If we don't own those things as our true, authentic selves that that we have the right to, we're going to give away that power to someone else and it's going to benefit someone else. And I think that one of the things I've learned so much over the past few years of I had given up my own power to, to even my ex-husband, who's not, who's not a terrible person at all, but I had this idea that I could not say no. I could, I had to, to say the things that would please him or to appease him or make his life comfortable or easier. And that was what gave me worth essentially. And mm. now I realize that by making him comfortable all the time, I was living in discomfort 90% of the time, but denying that to myself and just saying that I, you know, I'm too much or I'm too emotional or I, you know, why am I struggling so much or this or that? Um, because I, I was never turning it around and going, well, what about you, Corrine? Like, like if you were saying the things that you're saying or doing, um, to your best friend that you're doing to yourself, like, what would you, you know, like I always say, like, treat yourself like, like if you put yourself down, if you, if you're hard on yourself, would you say those words to a dear friend like would you let them talk to themselves that way and i've i've realized how mean i was to myself and it was all because i thought that my job in order to be acceptable and loved and validated was to make sure everybody around me was comfortable and liked me and didn't feel bad around me. And so, you know, you, you sit there picking up the pieces and you feel sick inside when someone's feeling upset and you don't know how to fix it. And you're like, I have to resolve it right now rather than taking space and letting things you know, naturally fall into place sometimes. No, it was like I had to be very controlling in certain ways because I, I couldn't deal with myself or I was micromanaging other things. My daughter, for one, when she was young, 
telling her how to think and speak and act and what she should like and what she shouldn't like and what she should wear and how she should wear it. And her question has always been, is that wrong? Is that okay? And I'm like, oh, and it's amazing to see the difference of like, I switched my parenting style. Like when I deconverted 10 years over 10 years ago, I started to really make a shift in that there wasn't just one right way all the time, or there wasn't one way to think. And there wasn't just one truth, ultimate truth necessarily, and that everybody had validity. And oh my God, how much power did I actually have within myself? Because I actually was able to get myself through situations. I actually you know, could deal with things that I thought that I had no power over because I was nothing without Christ. That's what I'd been told, you know? So like he had done everything and I'd done nothing, but I realized that in myself, I had much more strength than I thought. And so I really wanted that to be transferred to my kids so that they could start to see that they had internal worth without outside influences, like just within themselves, they had power and strength and validity just for being who they are. Yes. And what you're saying is essential, absolutely essential in all areas of our kids' lives. Mm. And I'll, I'll tell you that I work with um, sexual abuse survivors, domestic violence survivors, mm. um, physical and emotional abuse survivors, um, some of my clients can't remember before the age of seven, it's too traumatic. Mm. Um, and I do, I use, um, cutting edge therapy of TRTP and we have three very intense hypnosis sessions. Mm -hmm. And what those sessions do is remove the emotional charge from what's happened in the past. So you cognitively still remember it happening. Mm -hmm. but it doesn't rule you anymore. Right. And really the, the purpose of my, the sessions that I have with my clients is exactly what you've just articulated there, which is to get them back into their bodies mm -hmm. and to get all of their power, which they've given piece by piece yeah. to other people to keep the peace, to keep people happy. Mm -hmm. Don't upset anybody. Don't, rock the car don't 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 but to a massively detrimental level to the soul yeah and one of i mean every client that comes to see me is courageous and amazing and fantastic and we i empower them from the very first minute of the very first session mm -hmm. and what was really gorgeous is there was one particular client who'd had a just a horror story horror story from birth and we did our three sessions together and a couple of weeks later she rang me really excited and said you'll never guess what happened to me today and I said go on because my clients do this often I love it <laughs> I love the follow-ups <laughs> I, I love it when they phone me or text me and say oh, this just happened this is just oh, happened. It's amazing and um she had gone to vote and she said you know normally when she goes in to vote, everyone's trying to hand her a leaflet of who this, and they're trying to persuade her who to vote for and all the rest of it. And she said, the times I've gone in with a with an armful, you know, of, of leaflets that I didn't want, but I couldn't say no. Mm. 
And she said, I went to vote today. And I went, no, thank you. I'm good. No, thank you. I don't want one. No, thank you. I'm good. And she was that for her was life changing. Because she was able to say no in a very non-aggressive, sort of assertive, loving way. But no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want that leaflet. No, I don't want to come to that event. No, you know, and really. And it's not mean. It's not. But I think what you need is that really strong connection to self first. Yeah. And, you know. Raising five neurodivergent, amazing, incredible souls who have been a huge, huge blessing to the world and to us. Um, they don't fit into anyone's boxes. <laughs> so we've had to learn to go, hey, we cannot do anything about the fact that the world is not quite ready for you yet. What we can do is fill you with so much love, so much genuine self-appreciation, understanding that your quirkiness is your superpower and go out into the world fully accepting of who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's actually the key to empowering our kids Mm -hmm. to have really healthy, positive sexual lives when they're older. Absolutely. I think one of the things that I... um, I think that got me started on like my huge growth journey um, was I went to a tantric, um, a tantric training with my partner and the, the girl in there said to me and my partner, she said that I was energetically rude. And I was like, what does that even mean? (laughs) Like, I was like, what? She goes, don't worry. Someone said the same thing to me. And I was like, Okay. So what she said is that I imposed my energy on people. I have such big energy and I'm, I'm neurodivergent. I have ADHD and I get very excited and I'm, I have a big personality and I have a lot to offer and I have a lot of love to give, which is one of the reasons why polyamory is so beautiful for me because I could diversify it and not put it all on one person. (laughs) But, um, I, what she said that is that I don't ask for consent before I give my energy to people. Mm-hmm. And it's like this huge light bulb went off that day because I was like, oh my gosh. It explains so much about why my ex-husband was like, just like so resistant to me. It felt like, you know, because I would just like force my energy on him without his consent. And he's very private and likes his space kind of thing. So I would do this um, without asking for consent. But also what I recognize is that when you're with your people and when you are with the right people that are your people, consent is often just it's like this understood thing and it's it's implied with with your people because your energy is never too much for them uh-huh. and what i learned is that certain people will never be ready for your energy and no matter how much you give them your energy they're not ready to receive it and so your energy you're giving it away and it's going around them and they never have enough energy they're not getting excess energy because they're not taking yours in. So they're not depleted and they don't have extra to give you back. So you're just emptying your energy and not getting anything back. 
And then there's energy vampires who are just always sucking your energy, even though you don't have any, and they don't give anything back either because they're just need, 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 need your energy. They're dependent on your energy to survive, and they're in a trauma state most of the time or victim mentality, right? And then you've got people who match your energy who reciprocate. So they're ready for your energy and then they get they take it in so then they have access to give back to you and then you get topped up and you have access and you give it back to them and it's just this beautiful circle. And I thought, "Oh, if I could give my 19-year-old self any advice or any teen for that matter is that not everybody is your people." And you don't need everybody to be your people. And make sure that you find those people and put your energy in the people that are ready for your energy and reciprocate your energy back. Those are your people. Those are the ones you invest your time and energy in. They're the ones who are going to recharge you right back. And it does not matter if other people like you do not have to waste your energy trying to be noticed by them, trying to be liked, trying to fit in. And we somehow think that we are only valuable if everybody accepts us and if everybody accepts our energy. My best people are just a certain group of people. I love them because I can be myself. I can be my authentic self all day long, and it's never too much for them. Yes, I don't want to be um, <laughs> accepted by everybody. Right. Um, and, and I've grown with that, though, over the last so many decades. I'm not revealing how many. Um, but I used to be an energy facilitator. Mm. So people relied on me to be the, the life and soul of the party, which was actually exhausting. Yes. And then I got to a point where I was like, I just, I just don't want to do this anymore. I just don't want to. And that's inner growth and inner work that I done on myself. And and the funny thing is, when you stop being that person, mm-hmm. everyone's like, "What's wrong with you? Like, mm-hmm. why are you?" And I'm just, I just feel quiet. I just want to be quiet. And I've got resting bitch face though, so people are like really nervous <laughs> of me when I'm very content in the corner. Um, but I just don't feel the need anymore to fill that gap, and I don't feel the need to. Compensate mm-hmm. for the lack of um, presence of other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, everybody's doing their thing. And also, you see, I used to be a rescuer. Oh yeah. And I'm not a rescuer anymore. I mean, I yes, I work with people with the most horrific trauma, but I know they're already whole. Mm-hmm. I know they've already got everything within them. Mm-hmm. I'm not rescuing them. I'm a bridge from where they are to the next chapter. That's all I am. You know, they've they've demonstrated through what they've survived their inner strength and courage and just the amazing capacity to be hopeful in the most terrible circumstances. Yeah. So I know they're badass. They might be on their knees and crying when they see me because that's just where they are in their chapter. But I don't save anybody. Yeah. That's not my role. They are whole and complete in themselves. Mm-hmm. And I just guide them through the next little part of their journey so that they can step into their full badass. Okay. Well, it's but, like you're a mirror <clears throat> to them, right? Like you reveal their, their inner beauty, their inner strength, their inner growth, and you allow them to see it for themselves because 
we're so busy sometimes like masking, right? We're so busy trying to fit in that we we forget who we are actually on the inside. And we don't give ourselves space. We don't honor our own internal dialogue. We don't honor our internal desires and needs because that doesn't fit what maybe someone else will, or it might make them feel uncomfortable a little bit. Like what if I need space and someone wants my energy? Right. What if I just need and and I've been dealing with that lately. Like I've been I've been having to tell a friend of mine who is such a lovely person. She comes over. She'll make me dinner. She'll just be there and she'll she'll body double me when I have, you know, my ADHD moments and I and I just cannot focus. She'll just sit and she'll do her thing. And and I'm not taking a nap when she's here because she's body doubling and I'm getting work done and stuff. She's so amazing for that. But literally with my past three weeks that I've had. I do not want to see anybody. I don't want anybody in my space. I just need to retreat and regroup. And And I've had to speak those words out loud and and get over the fear of, of her thinking that I don't want her around or that she's too much. And that's not it at all. It's learning to trust what I need and to stand up for myself. Because if I just try to cater to her and, and not hurt her feelings, for instance, then I'm I'm essentially hurting my own Mm. and I'm not allowing myself to recharge. Another key thing that you said there is trust of self. Mm. So that's one of the greatest gifts I think my husband and I have given to our children Mm. is when they have faced and they have faced really difficult times. Like our kids have been hospitalized through bullying. So we've had some really, really tough, challenging times and some dark times, quite frankly, and even within that, we've stepped forward and said, you've got this. It hurts like hell at the moment. And we can see you're in pain and we completely validate and respect and honor that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hold space for it. And we're going to remind you of who you are at your core. And we know that you've got this. You've got this. You've got this. You've got this. Not we're going to come in and rescue you. Not we're going to come in. You um, have got this. Yeah. And And when you can instill that in them, this is how it manifests at age nine. So my son came home the other day. He's he's autistic. And um, he came home and he said, oh, so-and-so said to me really loudly in front of the whole class today, oh, you are so weird. Hmm. And my heart stopped for a minute and I, I held my breath and I said, okay, yeah. cool. What What did you say? And he said, yeah, I'm weird. My whole <laughs> family's weird. That's just our thing. And I was just like, great, because again, that's a foundation that when he goes into his young teens and adulthood, he can go, well, this this is just who I am, guys. Take it or leave it. If I'm not your person, namaste, you know, move on. Do you know what I mean? And and that's what it is. It's about being able. And my daughter, um, she she was sacrificing herself in so many ways Mm. to try and fit in with the with the crowd that really weren't very nice to her. Mm-hmm. So these are frenemies that would um, nice to her face and then they'd go and do amazing things on the weekend and not invite her and then post it all over social media yeah. and then nice to her face at school and then send essays at night on social media about what a horrible person she was. So like I had this sort of 16-year-old every night for a whole term, which is 10 weeks, lying on my lap weeping hmm. because of what was going on. And so we just had conversations. We just had conversations and we just helped her to navigate through 
what did she want to do about it? How did she feel? Mm -hmm. I remember one day I came home. um, I'd been out with the girls and it was about half midnight. And my husband said, you better go and have a chat with Sky." And I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired. (laughs) Go and have a shower, get in my jammies, get a hot chocolate, went to her room in, you know, early hours of the morning we're chatting. And she said to me, mum, I feel like I go to school and I put on this straight jacket and she said, I've got wings and my, my wings are tightly held in this straight jacket. And then she says, I'm in the straight jacket all day at school. And then I come home and I unzip my straight Mm. jacket and I can be me again. And then she says, I have this dream that I have my wings and I do this every day at school. And then in the evening, she said, you take me out to the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere and let me fly. Mm. And I said, well, sweetheart, I said, I think it's come to a point where you really need to make some decisions and take some control in your life. I said, unfortunately, you're going through a chapter where you're a bit unhappy. And I said, everybody goes through a chapter where they're a bit unhappy. I said, you're stuck in school in this in this false sort of environment where you can't really pick and choose who you, you're yeah. stuck with these kids, you know, that you don't necessarily have anything in common with. And I said, you either decide to keep making yourself smaller and trying to fit into the box that they've prescribed for you, mm-hmm. which is making you unhappy because you know you're not being yourself, mm-hmm. or you you take off that straight jacket you can be completely yourself but understanding that you're probably not going to have people to hang out with Mm -hmm. I said either way it's going to be a bit crap actually Mm -hmm. (laughs) but at least you've chosen Mm -hmm. and you know I said whatever you decide we will support you 100% but I said you have got a choice here it feels like an impossible choice but just choosing is powerful. Yeah. And so she chose to be fully herself. And she was a little bit lonely. And, you know, I said to her, take in a book, take in your artwork, take in your iPad and watch it at lunchtime or whatever, so that you're okay on your own. Mm-hmm. So set yourself up for success in this place. Um, and it, it was challenging and it was tough, but it was blooming brave. Like I was really yeah. proud of her for making that choice. And now watching her sometimes I'm a bit scared of her because she's <laughs> she's so <laughs> fully herself. She's a complete badass. She is beautiful and kind and loving and empathetic and compassionate and generous of heart. But don't mess with her because she's got very firm boundaries that she will not tolerate anybody messing with. And, you know, I look at her and I think, wow, what an amazing person. What an amazing you know? gift at that age. Right, like amazing, yeah, completely. I mean, she's twenty now, but you know, she's going into her adulthood, mm-hmm. sure of who she is, yeah, unapologetically, yeah. And what a difference that makes! Like, just to see that in my children too. Like, like I was saying to you earlier before we started the call, like my son he's always kind of been like, he's, he's been in French immersion. And so a lot of the kids in French immersion are um, intelligent and they're, they're often like the nerdy kids, you know, like the Dungeons and Dragons kind of kids, the more, um, I don't, I don't know how, how to say it, but just like those, the nerdy quirky kids. And 
they just kind of they were like the popular kids in their class, right? Like the smart, nerdy ones were like the cool kids. And the jocks were very few and far between. You know, the popular girls and the jocks were not running the show in his class. It was like this whole group of really smart people who like to to like think through issues and stuff. And I was just like, this is so awesome because a lot of times those are the kids who get made fun of, but they were like the strong ones. They just, they didn't care what the other ones thought of them. They just were like being themselves and having these conversations about facts that they learn on YouTube and this and that. And I mean, total nerding out. It was, it was awesome to watch because he could go to school and he doesn't really care who agrees or not he's got pockets of people who who like him here he's not trying to please everyone he's not trying to be everyone's best friend and it was just so amazing to watch him just kind of thrive in that way and be okay with not everybody thinking he was the coolest but in that he radiated this magnetism that people wanted to be in his sphere because he didn't he didn't have trouble with who he was and he was being authentic and that's what happens. Well, emotional intelligence is the new sexy. It's true. You know, if you can be deeply connected with yourself properly, not in an arrogant, yes. deflecting, exactly. you know, lack of responsibility way, but in a true appreciation of who you are, what you've overcome, what you've been through, how you show up every day, you know, and, and to have that genuine like of self. Mm-hmm. appreciation of with self empathy for others like absolutely not, well this is the thing it's not when being a shit yeah no 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 when, when and that <laughs> I had this conversation oh. in a mother's group the other day oh in God. a mother's group where I said you know I, I did a bit of a post when I just said you know when I see you guys attacking each other I know the reasons why mm-hmm. because there's such a disconnect between you and you, mm-hmm. and you know that on every level, energetically, vibrationally, on your soul level, on your emotional and intellectual level. And so you desperately try and pull everybody else down or put the spotlight on, on others' weaknesses or yeah. areas where they need support to deflect the attention from yourself. Yeah. So I just said, I can see the people who are genuinely whole because they show up in an energy of support non-judgment Mm non-criticism and I can see the guys in here that are struggling because you're on the attack as your form of defense yeah and when we're actually really solidly ourselves it's quiet and it's gentle but it's sturdy and steely yeah like you won't budge me you won't budge me I'll be quiet about it and I'll put on my best British accent but you won't budge (laughs) me you know, and, and, you know, I, I finished up last year having to get the police involved with somebody that was getting very, um, all up in my boundaries and, you know, disrespecting and trying to drag me down Mm -hmm. because we're happy and healthy and solid. Mm -hmm. And I have total empathy from where, for where that person is in their lives. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I have total empathy. I can see where they are. I forgive them, Mm -hmm. but I'm not accepting that in my experience. And so you can have a combination of both where you yeah. you holding the other person to a higher standard is actually a gift to them. Mm-hmm. 
and also a gift to you where you say, I know you're doing the best you can from where you are at the moment, but I do expect more of you because I, I expect the, the most of myself. Therefore, I expect the most of you. Um, I hope you find the support that you need. You're not doing this in my bubble. You're not contaminating my pond. You go and do that over there. And when you've evolved and you want to have another conversation, come back to me. Mm-hmm. Well, and and let's get back to like how this affects our sexuality. I mean, it affects everything, right? Because if you don't feel confident in who you are, if you don't value who you are, then how on earth are you going to accept pleasure from yourself or from others? And if we're looking to other people to meet our, our needs, the podcast I recorded a podcast earlier today with someone, and she was talking about how our society teaches us to outsource our joy and our happiness and our pleasure to everybody uh-huh. else. And it's so true. We outsource this, but we need to insource our pleasure, our joy, our happiness, because we get to create that from the inside out. And like your people, you feel calm around. Like there is this beautiful calm and so many people are uncomfortable with calm because they're used to trauma and chaos. That's their comfort zone. And when we can learn to just be comfortable in silence and peace and calm, we really learn who our people are. We learn where we thrive and where we can be our best selves. And then we can bring in and allow pleasure into our bodies. We can feel that into our bodies without shame and guilt because it's not about deserving or not deserving. It's just that's a part of who we are. Pleasure in everyday things, little joys in things, and taking the little moments and being present. If you can't do that in life, you will never enjoy your sexuality. Exactly. And you know, the thing about pleasure is we're not rewarded for it. Mm. So we are championed for working 70 hour weeks and we are championed for putting everybody else before ourselves. And we are championed for killing ourselves at the gym and all of the things where every, every time we put ourselves through pain, we're, we're celebrated for it. Yeah, Yeah. You know, and some of the most successful people I I've worked with um, who are multi-millionaires living the dream, they have plugged into this new paradigm of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Everything filters through it and they are wildly rich and wildly successful because they've understood the fundamental law that was supposed to be all of ours, which is we should be getting pleasure from our work. We should be getting pleasure from our bodies. We should be getting pleasure from our food, our experiences, our everything. But because we've been taught to compartmentalize everything, because we've been taught to suffer is 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 godly and worldly, and you know to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. When when we're when we're living in our lives, when we can't say no to put our mental well being, physical well being, emotional well being first. We can't say no without a valuable excuse of why we can't do those things. How the hell are we going to have sexual pleasure? And I was speaking again in a mother's group the other day, and this one woman had come up, and I think how we think about sex is really important Mm -hmm. because it had become a chore to this woman. 
Busy mm. life, I get it. All of the things. It become a tick box. Mm. And she was sort of asking, how do you guys find time to do it? And blah, 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 blah. And I just said, look, honey, you know, mother of five kids, busy household, running my own business, really tired. But this is something that my husband and I have always um, absolutely prioritized. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the only times in my life that I feel fully free. Mm. You know, and I said, get a lock on your bedroom door mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and 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 reframe this experience of not a, something to get done mm. and not it's something because it was it was but it was she was framing it as something she had to give to her husband. Ah. And I was like, no, you need to give it to yourself. Yeah. You know, this is God. God doesn't make mistakes on how he creates us. He's created us to feel pleasure in this way, these ways, because that's how we're supposed to experience, you know, that's our ultimate freedom and joy and release and all of those things. So, you know, these are the conversations we need to be having. And they don't, as I said before, they don't need to be sexual specific with our kids, but all of these things of self-acceptance, boundaries, emotional intelligence, consent, um, speaking their truth. I mean, I will say to somebody, thank you so much for inviting me. I just, I'm not going to do that because I just want to be quiet tonight. Mm-hmm. So not, I've got a previous engagement, not I'm feeling ill, not any of those things, just, I really, really appreciate you involving me in that, but I'm at a point at the moment, I just need a, a really quiet evening. And so that's what I'm going to do, but I wish you all the best. And I think you have, I hope you have a wonderful um, evening and I'm very grateful that you included me. Mm-hmm. and that that's okay and with my people that's okay like we I mean I remember having a friend in England who made up the fact that she was burgled to get out of a social event it doesn't mean- and then then and then the next week she was burgled so she she actually attracted that, <laughs> she to her. that to but you know I'm like why would you pretend that you're burgled why can't you just say I don't I don't really fancy that. It's not my scene, but thank you so much. I was invited to a social evening with a group of wonderful parents at the school the other night. I went, oh my goodness, that is not my scene. Thank you so much for thinking of me, but it's a hard pass. <laughs> you know? And that's okay. There's a hundred other things I'd rather be doing. But it, <laughs> it's not. And the thing is, like, we have to learn to let go of worrying if they're going to take it personally, because that's on them. Like, it's not about them and you not wanting to do something if they take it that way that's their problem and it's not yours to fix and when I let go of that that was so freeing for me and that's why I talk about breaking free authentically Mm. and for me breaking free I don't want to just break free because I I just for a second I want to speak about this you know we've talked about remaining empathetic and loving and kind and that's what our children are are that. And I think it's because we're not swinging to the opposite pendulum that is so prevalent in society where women are just like, men are shit and da 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 da. And I'm, I am woman and I am power and, and I'm not going to take anything else. And so then they become a victim in a different way. Whereas like nobody can do anything they won't accept anything from anyone and there's zero empathy left. There's no kindness and it's all 
it, to me, it feels very selfish and it's like selfishness is important. And it's like, I feel like there's this beautiful balance that we have to keep in mind. Like we can still be loving and take care of ourselves and look out for our needs without, without being shitheads to other people. Like we don't have to swing to that opposite pendulum because it's possible to love yourself amidst being loving. That is a beautiful scenario. Well, and it's the only way forward, quite yeah. honestly. It's the only way forward because the, the old way isn't working. It really isn't. It, yeah. Our society is so fragmented mm-hmm. and, and by the powers that be being manipulated in being against each other, you know, a divide and rule is what's happening. And, you know, one of the biggest inspirations of my life was Nelson Mandela. So to be in imprisoned, for them to change the law of the land to to capture him and to imprison him, like he didn't stand a chance. You read all of the books around what his experience was. A very intelligent lawyer, very you know he understood what was going on, but he had no power in the whole situation. Mm. And you know to be in prison for thirty odd years in the most horrific conditions, and to come out. Why did he get to be president? Because he didn't come out and say, hey, it's our turn now. You guys are going down. He came out and said, right, let's link arms, guys, because this isn't working. Mm -hmm. Let's work together and move forward together. And I'm not saying that all of the issues have been fixed, but I'm sure he gave that whole country a huge leap forward together. Because the only way for us to move forward as a species is together and we really need to look for ways that we can be connected Mm -hmm. instead of looking for ways that we can be offended Mm -hmm. because I I do believe especially with the trauma work that I do with people there are so many people out there right now who are constantly in fight flight freeze with everything they've been through in the last few years so they're already elevated in this red zone of fight flight freeze and of course they become very reactionary very defensive Um, because something small can happen and they have a seemingly massive reaction to it because their nervous systems are already in chaos and trauma. And, you know, we need to be seeing to ourselves and finding therapies, supports, um, ways that we can reset our nervous system so that when things happen, because things do happen, but we can respond from a calm centered, powerful, intelligent space. And, you know, that's the only way for us to go forward is take personal responsibility and accountability for how we are showing up. Mm-hmm. Because if everybody did that, yeah. society would be a more peaceful, loving, supportive place. But we're so busy trying to blame each other. Yeah whilst taking no responsibility or personal accountability, the cycle just goes on and on and on. And don't you think that at the end of the day, like if you can't love yourself, you have to blame others somehow. Like there's no, there's, there's no room. When you can learn to love yourself, you can give grace to yourself and then you can give grace to other people around you. And you can love and love just grows exponentially. And I think that's just such a beautiful, a beautiful way to 
to live and attract people into your sphere. Like I always say, I have such a magical world, magical people, because I am surrounded by people who own who they are and love who they are and don't judge each other and don't judge each other's choices about their sexuality and their, um, you know, their sexual choices or relationship styles. Like we are the quote unquote outcasts of society really. And so we band together and we lift each other up and build each other up. And it's such a beautiful community of sex positive people. And that's why I say sex positivity set me free in so many ways because I could let go of shame and guilt and I could honestly, for the first time, own who I was to my core sexuality and all because my sexuality was sinful before. My desires were sinful, but all of a sudden that was a beautiful part of who I was and by owning it and not shaming it, I be, I learned to just kind of blossom within myself and love other parts of myself as well that I wasn't able to look at because I was so busy trying not to be the thing that was me, <laughs> right? Here's the misconception about loving yourself that I see a lot. And that that miscommunication is, I love myself deeply, therefore I'm going to give myself a free pass. Right. And that's not what it is, guys. <laughs> that is not what it is. And one of the things that I fill my world with is is my what I call my lighthouses. So I can phone a handful of very dear, trusted friends who I know 100% are cheering for me and want my success and want my elevation and growth and all of those things. Yeah. And you know what? Some of the conversations we have are excruciating to receive. Because I say, you know, am I being an a-hole or are they being an a-hole? And they will turn around and say, well, I think this, this, and this, and this is how you tend to show up. And, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. God, that's a punch to the guts. <laughs> that's really hard to hear. And then I might go through 48 hours of you might being a bit cross, actually, that they said that to me. <laughs> how dare they? How, they, how very <laughs> dare they? Don't they know who I am? You know, but I sit with it because I know the intention mm. behind the conversation. And the intention is to elevate me and love me and hold me to a higher standard so I can be more successful. The intention isn't to, to, to tear me up and drag well, me down. And, and the basis of that is connection and safety with those people, right? It's like you found your people, you know who your people are. And so this is how I say to build empowered relationships is you have to have safety and connection. And and when you have safety and connection, you also desire them sexually. So it's no longer a chore, right? Like there's like if it's a partnership, a partner in that, you know, your spouse or whatever, connection builds intimacy and safety builds connection and intimacy and all that. And then novelty just keeps things fresh and exciting. And so we're not so comfortable that we can't do fun, exciting things too and and build on that sexuality. So sexuality, that part of our life doesn't just happen. Like it takes intention, but without safety and connection, there's you're just not going to have that part coming into play. There's so many, it's just safety all around, right? Safety within yourself, safety with your people, safety with your friends. And when you have that safety from judgment and shame and guilt, then you really start to 
all the all the pieces of yourself can come to the surface and you can just enjoy them and and honor them because you don't have to shove them down you can truly be in your light you can be in your own energy and other people also accept that energy because you've kind of curated your safe zone with the right people and like you've created that in your own family right and a lot of families don't even have that like it's an expectation that siblings just fight and i'm like what like that doesn't even make sense to me like what mm. my kids never fought they'd have disagreements but like we created safety and we we would clear the air and like apologize not just say sorry like really apologize and own your shit and own how it affected someone and then you know ask for forgiveness that whole like process and then that person had to think about that and they had to decide whether they were they were going to forgive or not it wasn't just a given you know and so because there was that there was always sort of a clearing of the air and and a clearing of energy and a beautiful like connection was was created because they felt safe because people were owning their shit <laughs> And they weren't being well, yeah. shamed for their reactions or, you know, oh, that's not real. You shouldn't feel that way. It didn't actually hurt you. Right? Yes. And, and really having those sort of conversations when they're little mm -hmm. is opening the door to having those conversations when they're big. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong. Not every conversation is comfortable. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we get too attached to being comfortable. There yeah. are conversations I've had that I never thought I would have. Mm -hmm. But my kids also know they can come to me and talk to me about absolutely everything and anything. Yeah. And there might be some times where my inner, my inner Brit is, is a little bit squeamish. <laughs> but my outer mum is totally neutral and, and, uh, and grateful because I honestly believe some of the conversations we've had have been life-saving. Mm -hmm. you know and this guilt shame bet blame thing it's a, it's a paradigm of the past it, it doesn't work and and you know if we want our children to be their their fullest versions of who they are their bravest versions of who they are and elevate to become and unleash their full potential then we need to hold a space where they can people say make mistakes i say have life enriching experiences mm -hmm. they have to have space where they get things wrong mm -hmm. because that's the way we learn through experience yeah. and so you know we also need to be mindful as parents of what we're focusing on so there's been times when i've needed to step forward and make sure that who they're speaking to online is actually who they're speaking to online because they've been lonely and they've needed online friends mm -hmm. And so I've said, I really need to read your conversations. And they've been mortified. And I've said, but this is just for safety. And then I've read things in the conversation, possibly swearing and this and that. Maybe they've slagged me off in there because I've told them off or whatever it is. But that's not the intention of me looking into that conversation. And so I never spoke about that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that we have very clear intentions of, with, as parents about what we're trying to achieve when we have these conversations and if they come to us and they say, well, this, this, and this, you say, well, you shouldn't have spoken like that. And this was really bad. And, bitter, and you start on the attack. Then they're like, Whoa, I'm not that telling you anything down. again. Exactly. I'm not telling you anything again. And if you say, okay, and you were able to compartmentalize that and have the intention of this is the thread 
that I want to help them, support them with, Mm -hmm. then you create this open dialogue where they do feel safe to come and tell you when they've messed up. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you don't hold them accountable. Like I think, people get, Absolutely. I think people get that confused. Like if if you're creating safe spaces and stuff, then then you're just being a permissive parent. It's like, oh no, 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 no. There was expectations. My children had to do certain things. They just couldn't just get out of it because I was understanding of the situation. They still had to do the thing. They still had to feel uncomfortable and learn what it, you know, learn comfort through discomfort, shall we say. Um because I wasn't going to rescue them from having to do the thing in life that's hard because how are you going to learn? But I would support them in the difficulty of of it. You know, like that, I get it. That is hard. I know you don't feel like doing that today. I don't enjoy that either. But sometimes we just have to do hard things and that's okay. And I see you, I hear you, I feel you, and I'm here with you. And we can do this, but I'm not just going to rescue you so you don't have to feel uncomfortable because you're not going to learn anything in life. Also adding to that, if they're coming to have the conversation with you, they're already held, holding themselves accountable. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, like, which you is so great. Dump shame on them. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, this has been such a great conversation. We could go on for so long, but we're already over time. I know you had to go like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> but, uh, oh, Kathy, is there any other nuggets of wisdom that you would like to share with us before we go? I really feel through my journey, and it really took me to the point of dying on the table having my fifth baby for me to really step into myself. Mm. That was the catalyst for my journey. I'd already done a lot of work on myself, but this was like, wow, okay, I'm not here forever. I'm super lucky to be here. I need to to do this stuff. I think to be focused on our own evolution, healing, elevation, stepping into our potential as parents, allowing ourselves to feel pleasure, allowing ourselves to be powerful in control, it really is so much more important than getting your kids into the right social club or getting your kids into the right after school activity because you know what those are great and they they I'm sure they enhance our children's experience and it's great to have those things but if we're not really living our truth our kids are not going to aspire to do that for themselves so i think it's really important that we tend to ourselves in all ways to give our kids permission to do the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. Well, Kathy, if people want to find you online, how can they find you? I will put all of this in the show notes so that they can um, look it up, but how can they find you if they want to talk with you or work with you or learn more? So there's lots of free resources on my website and there's also uh, the ability to book in and have a free consult with me. So that's www.kathy, C-A-T-H-Y, Domini, which is D for dad, O, money. That's how you spell it, (laughs) .com. So www.kathydomini.com. So many times I've been accused of being a scammer because of my surname. I feel like I need to produce (laughs) my marriage certificate. Yeah, do money. Um, yeah, and Kathy Domini on Facebook. And yeah, if you type Kathy Domini in, I'll pop up all over the place. 
Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being with us. This was such a an important conversation, and it starts it starts young, right? Like, uh, how much would we have benefited from learning a lot of this when we were younger? You know, like saved ourselves so much, so much difficulty. Um, but at the same time, it all happens for a reason. And I'm so thankful that I, I have been able to learn these things and pass them on to my children and just change the trajectory for them. So, um, hopefully this can help you guys as an audience to, um, just really approach your kids and, and see them in a different way and just empower them with tools of how to love themselves as well as loving yourself. And honestly, I just, it's so important, isn't it? It's, it's life-changing. It's life-changing to, to love yourself from the inside out. It's just magical. So Kathy, thank you so much for being with me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. As I always say, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Thanks for being here, everyone. Did I not say that this was an incredible conversation? Really gorgeous. It's just was so rich and it just reminded me of the importance of authenticity and living authentically. Because if we cannot live our authentic truth, how in the world are we going to teach our children to be themselves, to live in this world where they can speak their truth, where they can own their sexuality, where they can be who they are? So I just encourage you to do the work to be your full authentic self and live your truth fully. Love who you are to your depths. Recognize who your people are. Recognize what you deeply desire and live a life of pleasure. Allow pleasure for yourself. Sex is not a chore. Sex is your privilege. And we get to think of it in that way. Our bodies are incredible and they are designed for pleasure. And we are in a society that discourages pleasure on every level. So part of living our truth is owning and accepting and embracing, enjoying pleasure in our lives, whether that's through sexual pleasure or just enjoying life in general and enjoying the small joys and pleasures of life for what they are. Learning to do that on a daily basis will help set our children free, will help empower our children to be stronger and more confident and be strong and use their voice confidently to stand up for who they are, to stand up against bullying, to stand up against feeling like they have to fit in or say yes just to fit in. They will get to use their voice 
But unless you learn to use your own voice, they're not going to learn that. So let's really tap into that and embrace this authentic life that we have. And let's bring that authenticity and living our truth to our children. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being patient with me and waiting an extra week for this episode to come out. But I think you'll agree it was definitely worth the wait. Have a great week. I love you all and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Corrine Bedard Coaching and you can visit my website at CorrineBedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at BreakingFreeAuthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.